Blog Talk Radio. messages sent to me it's just some, some of the stuff that people i don't know when someone under when someone overachieves in, in the per you know in the fighter you think should win cleanly easily um underachieves it just it's like you give every, every tight round to the overachiever and i think that it's almost like like i said this wasn't a robbery now if you had i gotta admit it was hard to find six rounds for either guy to for for me for me, and as you know, um, I think the casuals forget it's round by round. There was a knockdown, and you count it as a knockdown. Was it a 10-7 round or something like that? It was a 10-8 round. So, you know, take a deep breath and score, re-score it. You know, a lot of people think, say, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to rescore it. I don't need to rewatch it. I already know what I saw. Okay, cool. But um, sometimes you do have to rewatch it. If you think this was a robbery, or if you think Fury won seven rounds easily, or even honestly, like I said, it was tough to get the six rounds either guy. If you had it five five, we obviously know Tyson Fury would lose that fight. If you had it six to four for either guy. Then you score accordingly. 6-4 for Fury is a one-point win, okay? So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. And, and, you know, honestly, that Foster and Hernandez fight was great. If you want to talk about some scorecard stuff, (laughs) there was some really interesting – I'm not saying Hernandez shouldn't have been up or something like that. Uh, Like it's crazy to have him up before the stoppage, but one of those judges had it way – way too 
far. So we'll talk about that. But that was a great fight. Oshaki Foster didn't think he'd necessarily win that fight doing that. That's for sure. I didn't think that that's that was a, that was a great fight. Fun, fun fight. Amanda Serrano, uh, Compia Box Queen. I mean, she just went off. What preview of the weekend? You know, it's not necessarily a stacked weekend, but you know, FA Jogba returns, uh, Cordinia, Joe Cordinia returns. There's some fights out there. We have a pro box tonight, which those have been fairly consistent, especially the main events. Some of those have been really good, but just some of the cards have been really good too, um, like overall cards. So what's next? What's next? Should, should there be a rematch? I mean, it wasn't a great fight to watch by any stretch. And the whole masterful Ganu was masterful. Come on, dude. Masterful. Like I said, for, for his first, his pro debut, that guy gets a ton of credit. We all kind of, you know, we, we all didn't pay attention to him enough. Whether that has to be, you know, Fury was doing the same thing or not, it doesn't matter. He showed up with a good stance. Um, and he did some things in there I think he could build upon. It's too bad that he's not necessarily the youngest guy. Um, but I got to give him a lot of credit for showing up and doing what he did. But like I said, this masterful shit has to stop. I mean, that wasn't masterful, dude. But he should get a ton of credit, though, because that, like I said, it was his pro debut. So what is next? Fury Usyk? You know, if you hear from the Usyk side, they're saying December 23rd or bust. Meaning you got to drop belts, you got to do this, you got to do that. Now we're hearing rumors of February that the fight's going to be February. So, um, or like I said, should there be a rematch? Well, that all—it's it's basically what the Saudis want, right? And you know, even though it's a different scenario, you know, Alexander Usyk had to feel minorly anyway. Um, shades of it, like Evander Holyfield in Tokyo, who's <laughs> just like, wait, what happened? We have a signed contract. What is going on right now? Now, obviously, that one was a different, you know. Now, that was a good-ass fight. Um, but, and you could say masterful or whatever. But either way, I'm not trying to take any way thing, anything away from Ngannou. But some of these folks are just going over the top. I mean, masterful? <laughs> Come on, dude. But he showed more than I thought he had. I, I give him a ton of credit. So we'll talk about a variety of stuff. Some current fight news, a little boxing Twitter segment. It's going to be a short show today because, you know, life got in the way and it's about to get in the way in a little bit. Um, there's rumors about Canelo's next fight, Showtime, Canelo Munguia. Here we go again. Uh, Benavidez Andre, they do have an undercard together. It's it's two out of the three fights I really like on the, on, on the whole card. One of them is just a you know a tune-up type thing for Charlo, but um, we'll talk about that now that it looks like that's finalized. Um, and yeah, we'll get into it. We'll preview the weekend. Like I said, not a not a ton of great fights on paper. There, some of these undercard fights might pop off case two weeks ago. So so hopefully that's the case. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast. Welcome. It streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash rope dope radio however you don't have to go to blog talk and rope dope and download the show directly there if you don't want to you can find the rope dope radio podcast on apple podcast iHeartRadio, radio player fm google podcast 
Pod Bay Pod Tail. Uh, oh yeah, download the podcast app. A whole host of uh, other platforms. Just Google Rope and Dope Radio Podcast. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Bill Boxing, and Eastside Boxing. One more thing: the ML postseason is here, and if you don't hurry up, it's almost gone. Same with the deal for DirecTV. There's no satellite dish, no cable box required. For a limited time, save $30 when you sign up today. Choose the DirecTV streaming package that's right for you, starting at $64.99. Okay? So, guess we got to break this puppy down. I got to admit, I, I, I have to, like I said, I want to give a ton of credit to Nganu. Um, his stance was pretty solid. Um, he looked like, you know, it, it, it's tough to fight a 10-rounder in your first fight. Like some people were saying, oh, he was gassed. He didn't throw enough punches. He did. I mean, his mouth was wide open. I wouldn't call him 100% gassed, but he was tired. But shit, I mean, it's his first fight. Three rounds, three rounds, or I mean, 10 rounds, three-minute rounds. Like, it's 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 tough, dude. It's tough. So I don't really fault him for that, you know. Had he build up the four, you know, six, eight, ten, he probably would have been better there. Now, could he have followed up on certain things or, you know, gotten more punches off? Sure. I didn't expect him to try to, especially with the left hand, to try to counter and try to time. I thought his timing was decent um, because he was trying to time Fury. That's something I didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, so I give him credit there. I mean, he scored a damn knockdown. Now, the knockdown was a, is a good shot, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't a brutal knockdown where Fury was on the ground. We've seen Fury on the ground like hurt, hurt. That wasn't the case here. You know what I mean? So people saying Indagu is the hardest puncher. Come on, dude. Like, I, I give this dude a ton of credit, but I don't go over the top. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things about Fury that I don't want to, and that's why I'm leading with Nganu. Many people thought he won. Um, it was a close-ass fight. Like I said, I'm here to tell you, 6-4 to four for either guy is not the easiest scorecard card to come to. I, I have to admit, um, it just isn't. You know, when I first watched it, I watched it, you know, removed from, like, for, you know, 48 hours removed from when the fight happened. I didn't steal the stream. I didn't buy the pay-per-view, but it is available online now. So that's, you know, if the promotion doesn't want that available, then they should uh, holler at YouTube and other places. <laughs> um, anyway, I did think Fury won the first two rounds. Um, mostly jabs, right? Mostly jabbing. Um a couple of decent right hands. Um, nothing really clean from Ndongo in the first uh, round. A couple of short shots late in the second from Ngannou. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was. He did. Fury went southpaw. He was jabbing from the southpaw. Like I said, a, a few decent lands here and there. Um, scoring jabs type thing. Wasn't even like. I don't know. I didn't even like the way he used the jab. It's like, all right, dude, if you know you can land it, just do that and move. Was he in the best shape to move around the whole time? 
it, to me, it didn't necessarily look that way. You know, I'm not saying, oh, he was way out of shape and this, that, and the third, but he didn't look in top shape. Now, he's never going to have – we know he's never going to have, like, you know, a great-looking body. I mean, he was uh, – what was he, 277 and, and 268 the last time he was in the ring last – I believe it was December, and 264 was, you know, when he fought Dillian White. Um. And the fight that he didn't look as good against Wilder, he was more at that weight class. You know, it's tough to say. You know, it's tough to say with him because it's not necessarily the exact weight, right? It's how you look. And I don't know. I, I It just – it was it was kind of weird. Let's keep going, though. So, obviously, um, Ndongu, I thought, started landing his jab. He started landing this le- uh, this left hook, this kind of looping left hook, um, and you know he he landed like a decent shot. You know he landed like a, a looping shot, kind of on like the forehead area. I didn't think it was behind the head like some people were talking about. We see these shots. See, that's what I'm saying. See, people picking shoes when to be mad about a shot that is borderline. They just pick and choose the time. If you watch it every week, you see borderline shots low or high or behind the, you know, in the ear, in the neck, blah, 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 blah. You see it all the time. Either way, though, um, after that, he landed some one, and you know, it was one twos a little bit. Fury did a little something in that round kind of to get his shit together, but it was a 10-8 round. So right there, I had the fight you know, basically all caught up, you know, Um, because, you know, it's two to one and eventually three to one because I did think the fourth round, um, Nganu landed a jab and a few right hands, but the jab and the counter left. And then the clinch, you could see that he was trying to clinch. I don't know, he's throwing these lead shots and then clinching, but missing the lead shot a lot of times. Those are the rounds that he missed. But the left hand, the one-two's a late right hand. He's kind of going southpaw to orthodox. I did think the fifth and sixth round, though, um, you know, I, th- I gave those to Nganu. I thought the left hand to the body. Um, late in the fifth round, nice right hand. Um, you know, like just landing, landing good shots. Left hand to the head, you know, a few of them pretty decent. A jab and a late right hand. More tie-ups. It definitely started, and that was by Fury, by the way, the last one I just combo I talked about. But there was a lot more tie-ups all of a sudden. And, and you know, tying up with Ndongo is not necessarily the best idea, in my opinion. So, you know, I think it's you could have it, you know, three to three after six. Obviously, at that point, you know, at that time, you, you'd have to give that a point at that time to, you know, to Nganu. You'd have to have him win in the fight at that point. So the seventh round, I think, and this is what I'm talking about, there were some tight rounds. This is a swing round right here. But the tenth round was pretty close, too. Um, you had Fury jabbing more, the chopping right hand. Nganu um, had some moments, you know, uh, mid and late he had some moments, but I got to admit, he looked a little tired at that point. His mouth was wide open. And, uh, but, you know, you could kind of see, I think there was like a, that's where 
you started to see Fury's eye kind of have that bruise and scrape on him. Um, I remember writing it down in my notes. I don't know if it happened the seventh, but um, but Fury, you know, Fury didn't look all that great either as far as his gas tank. But I did notice. So if you gave Fury that one because of those chopping right hands, and there wasn't enough moments by Ndongu. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of moments in this fight, to be honest with you. You know, so it's really tit-for-tack stuff. So if you give Fury the seventh Ndongu, to me, that kind of, you know, that's one of the rounds where really it really can define who you thought won. Now, I did. The fight got really slow again. wasn't ever really fast, so to speak. But I gave Fury just off the jab and kind of stick and move into the ninth round. I gave him the eighth and ninth. I was pretty confident about that, um, whereas I wasn't as confident in the seventh. And I, and I thought, once again, the tenth round, very slow, considering it's the tenth round. Um, Fury was jabbing mostly. Was that good enough for him to win that? Um, maybe you gave that to Ngandu. You know what I mean? It, it's it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Um, so, it, you know, let's say you just give one and one, right? So it was tied 3-3. Fury, you know, down the stretch, the, the – or wait, after six, right? Did I say that? It was after six I had it tied. So seven, eight, nine, ten. So I could have seen three out of the next four for Fury. But if you had it 2-2, two, two, you gave the seventh and the tenth in Ganu. Well, then there's your way for a draw and a win for Ndongo. Um, I personally had it 3-1. Um, so I had it 6-4. to four, So Fury winning by a point. But I'm not stuck on that. So it was 95-94, one for Fury, one for Ndongo, and then 96-93. Um, and that's, you know, that is a 7 or a 6-3. to three. So... Or, sorry, six four. Um, you know, it, it was a slow ass fight. What were the copy boxes anyway? Like it, there wasn't. He got a split decision. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is this wasn't. Like I said, it, there was some swing rounds in there. It's not something that I feel super confident in six to four. But I don't just bend over backwards, pause, randomly. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, I didn't think he was, you know, going to win. And I thought he'd get knocked out, so I'm going to give him these rounds. You know, it, it's it's tough to say because, I don't know, like like the third round, punch stat 7-1 to one in Dangu, clearly that's, that's an easy round to score on that one. I thought the opening round was pretty easy to score. Um, the last one, six four eight two, like there there was a close one. Um, that sixth round or the seventh round, both had five, both landed five punches. You know what I mean? Overall, um, the punch that was seventy one to fifty nine. Both landed at a pretty good percentage, twenty five point five percent and almost thirty two percent for Fury. And Dongu uh, landed, you know, twenty two out of his thirty nine jabs, pretty even on the power shots. Um, but you know, in 10 rounds, it was 223 and 231 as far as throwing punches. So, and what was the ultimate who, so Fury's high was 29 in a round and Ndongu's was 
39. So, you know, like I said, this wasn't some kind of masterful either way. I'm not trying to take any way credit, you know, any credit away from uh, Francis. Like I said, he, he had a sturdy base. Uh, wasn't really doing much as far as cutting the ring off all the way. He was doing some of that, but I thought he was, I don't know. I mean, shit, it's tough. It's tough. Like it's tough not to be patient. It's tough for him. It's tough not to, you know, his mouth was wide open. So when people said, oh, you should have followed up more, I hear you, but he probably would have gotten gassed and maybe then he'd get stopped. You never know. So it did seem like Fury tried to put on some big right hands once in a while. And then it was like, I'm good. You know, guess I can't get him out of there. I'm good. And he was the one tying up. So, you know, Fury says that he had a 12 month or 12 month, a 12 week camp. He said, you know, don't blame the camp. He has been on and off training. I mean, he's been on and off training since like 2018. Right, you know, train and take a little break. Train, just staying in the gym. But you know, has though has those three fights? Well, two out of three taken enough out. Now that he's at this, was he with Wilder? What did he? You know, did the, I, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words. Sorry. Did are those piling up? Is the point? And and it, he's just not the same fighter. Did he not take this serious? Um. Like I said, it, it felt like if he wanted to, he could have just jabbed his way to victory. And it probably, if you thought he had him winning, that's probably what he did, right? He ain't sure he landed some other shots, no doubt. But, um, you know, once you get to an age, your legs go too. And when you have that extra weight, maybe he just can't move like he could. It doesn't seem like he can anymore. Because um, this would have been the fight to be like, all right, dude, the third round happened. It is what it is. I'm going to jab and move the whole time. He's not going to touch me. And um, and then you got to look at, like, not just the Wilder fights, because he did have two fights after. And he had been out for a little while, no doubt. He had been out for under a year or something like that, or a little under a year. Um, so that can play into it as well. Now, is outside of the ring stuff. You know, there's one thing to have antics. There's one thing to be a silly dude and, always drawing attention in some form or fashion because, you know, that's that's what you do with engagement nowadays on social media. You know, he, he stays around, he, he's retired, then he's not, he's this, he's not. That's just him. So I don't really look at those items and go, ah. Oh. But I will say this, like, there has been, and I'm not alleging anything, I have no inside scoop about Fury and, uh, his party lifestyle, but we do know his past. He's, you know, maybe it's just in the past, maybe not. But I'll say this: there's been more than one video in the last year, right? Live video, not something from the past, not but right now, in an interview or a shot of him at an event where he's not talking, but you can see him clearly. Now it's his it's it's his business to do what he wants, whether it's party or not party or anything. Like I said, I'm not alleging that I know anything. He hasn't failed a drug test or anything like that. But given his mannerism, his demeanor, um, certain things, there's a tell sometimes 
if something if someone's on something. So could I look at a video and could people look at certain videos and go, wow, he doesn't look right. Doesn't look doesn't look sober. Let's just say it. Okay. Now, did that play into it? You can stay in the gym all you want, but if you're doing other stuff, it's going to counterbalance, especially this late in your career. So could that have something to do with it? I don't know. Like I said, it's more than one video. It's more than one video of seeing certain mannerisms where you're wondering about him. I'll just say that. That's just, you know, a, it, it's pretty evident in some of the videos, in my opinion. Now, once again, I'm not taking any credit away from Indangu. Like I said, I thought he had a good base. I liked how he was trying to counterpunch. He didn't just go in there blindly trying to knock somebody out or hurt somebody. Um, and maybe to win the, the fight clean, cleaner, maybe he should have. But then again, maybe that would have got him caught, you know, and get tired, vice versa. So anyway, um, is it a rematch I'm pining for? No, but if if it were to happen, I, I damn sure wouldn't be like, Indongo doesn't deserve a rematch, because he does. It was a shit fight, for the most part, but he does definitely deserve a rematch. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit of, you know, more about stuff. Uh, I do kind of want to get through some of this stuff before we get there, but as far as, like, the next fight, you know, with, with uh, you know, for Usyk, Usyk's, like, Usyk's promoter says Fury needs, this is from Boxing Scene, Fury needs to uh, furnish proof of injury to move off December 23rd fight date. Um, that, that's, that's what he's saying. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't know what the contract looks like, um, but that's what he's saying that I need to see you know, a doctor's note, you know. Um, now, can you just, if it's just a doctor's note, you know, are you talking about x-ray or a doctor's note? That's a little bit differently. Um, because we've heard this, and even says here in this Boxing Scene article that the December 23rd date, I always was kind of in between on that. Could be January, could be February. Um, and like I said, we've heard more. Okay, here's what he said. We We have a date in the contract, but come on, we are reasonable people. If he's really injured or injured or he's unable to fight, that might happen to any fighter. It has to be done in a proper way. If he's really injured, then there's some kind of medical procedure that certifies his injury, then that's probably okay. If it's just they don't want to fight Usyk because he's weak and they don't want to take a risk, then it doesn't sound reasonable to me because you know why? What's the difference between losing on December 23rd, January, February, blah, blah, blah. Um, which, you know, I get what he's saying there, too. You know, maybe he's trying to delay it or something, and he's really not going to fight him or something like that. They talked about, you know, then they should strip the belt and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, now we're hearing that it's going to be February. So with that kind of money, you know, at stake, and we don't know exactly what money it is, does. I mean, somebody does, but not many. Um, you know, I, I doubt Usyk's going to sit there and go to the high court, you know, and be like, oh, wherever the fuck that is, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, how much can you complain if you're just going to fight in February? It's not, it's not really that big of a deal. But, um, 
it does now, you know, open the door for like, well, is Fury past his prime? Was it just a bat? Did he just not take it serious? Did he not take the fight in camp serious? Um, you know, it makes the Usyk fight even more competitive. Some people didn't think it was that competitive. Some people think the style, you know, that Usyk style, if done right, could give him problems, turn Fury into the come forward fighter. Um, it, it does make it more interesting to me, you know. And that's also with saying Nganu does deserve a rematch. He does. He definitely does. And I'd be cool with either fight. But I'm not going to be like, oh, he's ducking him when there's so much money in an Usyk fight, if that's the case, that they already had a sign and the money's big. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, he's ducking him. Maybe that they'll go to that fight next. I don't know. But uh, shots out to Ng- Ganu, I mean, that, you know, he does have a minor future here. I shouldn't say minor, like, he could get big fights, but you just, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how long it's, you know, I, I, he's just, how old is he? He's not young, right? He's not young. He's 37 years old. So, you know, I mean, I don't know where, if he's got a few years in him, that's awesome. You know, go go for yours, man. You know, Eddie Hearn's out there saying that was a masterful, masterful performance. I wouldn't go there to to call it masterful, but no matter what you think of Ngannou in the ring, um, and whether Fury took it serious or not, it doesn't matter. That's not that's not his fault. You know, he has nothing to do with Fury. Uh, he fought a, I mean, he fought really well considering that was his first pro fight. You know, I was impressed. I was impressed, uh, to say the least. Um, Fabio Wardley had some rough moments against Adelaide in the start. Um, I thought he he was landing big right hands. You know, once he started landing that big right hand to the head and body along with jab, he was double jabbing. He started to kind of win the round. You saw, like, Adelaide or Adelaide, uh, Land some good left hooks, you know, when he was on the ropes. Sometimes he'd fight off the ropes with that left hook. Uh, the fifth round was probably the best two-way round. A lot of back and forth in that one. And then uh, Wardley, Fabio, you know, landed big right hands. Well, combinations, really. I think it was a combo right-left that, that knocked him down. Then more combinations. Then a big right hand. And uh, he ended up, you know getting the stoppage uh, with the seventh round. Yeah, seventh round stoppage. So, um, you know, nice win for him. Um, uh, Martin Bacoli, he looked like shit in the first couple rounds, but he did, you know, manage to uh, get it figured out and, uh, you know, ended up ended up winning the fight. And, and, but he, he didn't be sure. Yeah, he had some weird – actually, there was an excuse he had. I almost forgot that. But, yeah. First two rounds were really, really bad. Third round, all of a sudden, bam, really started letting, you know, shots off, big, you know, big shots, and he definitely hurt them. Um, but he looked out of shape. I mean, that's for sure. He looked out of shape, and uh, we'll see if he can contain that uh, part of it. Fear, or not Fury, but Parker won by a third-round uppercut. Dude was like, let's go, let's go, doing like the – Almost like the Manny Pacquiao with the 
with the hands, you know, let, let's go, dude, let's do it. Boom, and all of a sudden, you know, he got knocked out with an uppercut. Um, oh, yeah, Martin said he, he revealed that he swallowed a wasp, which stung him inside the mouth during the fight. Um, I was vomiting in the changing room after. He said he couldn't believe it. There you go. I, I don't know. This is what Fury said to IFL TV. There's no one. There, there's no one to blame. Who's to blame? Blame me. Don't blame the trainer. Don't blame the manager. Don't blame the cut man. Blame me. If you're gonna blame anyone, I got paid, and we go under the undisputed happy days. Um, you know that is all true. <laughs> but sometimes you hear that and you're like, huh. So he sure got paid. Now Serrano, a man of Serrano, in Ramos, by the way. Uh, they uh, they combined for 1,949, almost 2,000 punches, 1,949. And um, I think 11, let's see, 1,103 were Serrano, 338 she landed. So that cruise in this fight, I mean, that is that's some crazy copy box stuff, man. Holy shit. Um and, and, you know, she did her thing. She definitely did her thing. Shouts out to her. Um, that Oshaki Foster fight, though. Who in Eduardo. Was that, I mean, we've seen 18 by 18s, right? Was that what that was, or was that a 16 by 16? To me, I didn't have anybody that I knew in the arena, or I don't know if you'd call it an arena, um, in the venue. But it looked 16 by 16 to me. Yeah, I mean, he was fucking ridiculously little. So that changed what Foster had to do. I did think that he was countering well in the first round. Nice jabs. Um, Hernandez, you lands, but not, not much in the first round. Then I thought he went on a nice run. Uh, rounds two to five, you can give Hernandez most of those, if not all of them. Uh, he was landing uh, to the body a lot, sometimes the head as well. You were still getting a, a few nice right hands along, right hands, excuse me, along with the jab um, from Foster. Um, and he, he, like, closed out the third round pretty nice, but he started holding a lot. Started holding a lot, and those short in shot, inside shots, I thought, were kind of like the better shots through through a lot of that. Um Whereas as the you know you get to the fourth round jabbing pretty well moving okay but then holding so you're not really getting your punch off clinching and then turning them and then getting your you know you're getting hit too so that it really he was outworking him he was busy overall obviously um, but to me like in the fifth round I just didn't think there there were spots of success for Foster but just not enough of it not enough of it but then. Uh, I thought the sixth round, I gave that to Foster. Not only with the jabs, but he started pivoting. He was in the southpaw, too, by the way. Started pivoting, started countering. He had better defense. He was blocking those shots and landing shots back. Uh, A few really nice left hands. The last 45 seconds or so, uh, Hernandez did have um, some flurries there. But I did give the sixth there. So I had it 4-2 for Hernandez more than likely, um, through six. I gave Hernandez the seventh and the eighth, but the seventh was close. Midway, these mother effers were exchanging uppercuts. Uh, Hernandez landing with both hands. 
uh, putting in that body work. The seventh round was really close because in the last minute, some hooks and uppercuts, maybe that was enough for Foster to take that round. So that was a close round. Um, but the pressure, like in the eighth round, for instance, the pressure was like forcing Foster to clinch. And But then I thought, you know, the ninth round, beyond some late success in that ninth round, I thought the, the, the straight right hand, the left hook, I, I gave that to Foster. I gave the tenth round, although it was really, really close, one of the best two-way rounds of the fight, uh, especially at that time. Um, it, it, you know, a lot of it was on the inside, too. These dudes were getting it in. I, I leaned uh, Foster in the tenth, but that was close. Um, a left uppercut, kind of a 45, like a left uppercut hook, definitely, um, you know, hurt Hernandez in the 11th round. He was letting big punches go with Foster. He saw Hernandez on the ropes, still on the feet, uh, still on his feet, but on the ropes. Hernandez even turned his back. He was walking away, trying to get away from him. Now, later in the round, though, he actually, you know, like flurried with his back on the ropes and flurried back to the body and head. Um, and, and you could see that, you know, it was, he was on the ro- uh, ropes taking shots too, Foster. So that was the 11th was a great, great round. Really the lot, la- the back half of this fight was really awesome. Uh, obviously it ended in the, uh, in the 12th. What I liked about the finish is, first of all, it should have came early. He was taking his time with Oshaki Foster, tracking him down, making sure he got him lined up, not just going nuts. Um, he, he knocked him down with a one-two, got up, left hooks, overhand rights. Um, the second knockdown was back-to-back right hands. And after that second knockdown, especially after turning your back in the round before, his legs were gone, completely gone with like just a little under a minute left. He looked gone, Hernandez. And eventually, I think it got to like 28 seconds or something like that, TKO. Um, and it was it was a legit knockdown, or a knockout, you know, totally legit. Hernandez was done. I mean, that was a fucking great comeback. And when I say comeback, I mean, what is it, Nicholas Hidalga? He gave Hernandez every fucking round. Every round? Like, come on, dude. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the three, one, one of them is one, one, 106, 103. Okay, Foster, I'm sorry, Foster was up 106, 103. Um, that's right, he was behind on two of the three. That's wrong. This is Jake Donovan, by the way, 107, 102. Um, for Hernandez, 106-103 is the third card, scorecard, but 110-199. I mean, give him a, a round? Like, if you had Hernandez up, you could, you could at least argue that other scorecard. That's fine. You know, I, I didn't, like I said, I mean, I had one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I mean, seven to five or something like that, I'd have been just fine with. Maybe it was six to six. You know, or, or well, it couldn't have been six to six, right? But um, giving him the first, the sixth, the ninth, maybe the tenth, for sure the eleventh. 
So I had him either down or tied, I guess. Uh, but then again, that 11th round. Well, you know, you could – someone said that you could give a 10-7 to that 11th round. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. First of all – or 10-8. I'm sorry, 10-8 because there was no knockdown. I, I think they meant to say 10-8 um, because there was no knockdown in that round. But I, the reason why is because he did started to like – he started to throw punches and land. So, like, it was dominant, no doubt. But I, I wouldn't call that a 10-8 round personally. Steve Farhood said there have been a thousand world title fights, but on Saturday night, Oshaki Foster became only the 14th fighter in a title fight to trail on points going in the last round and score a stoppage. I mean, that is some legendary type shit there, dude. That was, that was crazy. That was crazy. So shots out to him. Love to see that rematch sometime. That was the fight of the weekend, no doubt about it. Kind of knew that going in. I underestimated, or I did underestimate Hernandez. I underestimated Foster for his knockout power, too, <laughs> you know? Well, that was great, though. That was a phenomenal fight, man. Phenomenal. Um, so someone just messaged me, it has to be December 23rd. I mean, if you've seen the contract... Then send it over. Send over the part where it says it has to be in the contract because I I don't know that to be a fact. We're talking about reports. Um, we're not talking about factual stuff. One maybe it is, but I'd like to see the facts before I call it a fact. That's all. Because now I'm here in February, it's gonna happen. Which that makes sense. I mean, I didn't think he'd make the December twenty third date regardless. You know, and Eddie Hearn. You know, Eddie Hearn's talking about you know. Let's do in Ganway and Joshua and Africa. It'd be one of the biggest fights in the history of the sport. And, you know, just all sorts of stuff. Joe Rogan, someone sent me this outrage. The one judge should go to jail. So the, the, the six to four judge should go to jail. That, that's what, or wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I, do I have that right? Let me look at the, but the whole go, first of all, the go to jail shit, I mean, that's saying it's a robbery. And come on, dude, this thing wasn't a full-on robbery. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. It was not a full-on robbery. Um, you know, just to me, it just wasn't. It really wasn't. I didn't see that. Um, okay, did I look at the scorecards wrong? Let me check really quick. So one of the scorecards, oops, yeah, 90, well, it would have been 97-93. So 96-94 is 6-4. Okay, I did look at that wrong. That That is, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I think, I, I don't, like I said, it was hard enough to get the six for both guys. Like, I couldn't get the six for Nganu. I could maybe get the six from Fury. That I could get the six, but it wasn't like I, I thought it was easy to get there. You know what I mean? Because I didn't think it was, to be honest with you. I really didn't. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was easy to get there at all. So, um, but the whole thing is like, if you're going to call it a robbery, I just, I just disagree with you. That sounds 
emotional to me that it was a robbery. Um, I think that's about it as far as stuff I'm going to talk about. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, the uh, Damien, someone sent me this. Damien, I did actually see this, the, the, the Cuban prospect. I think he's like 6-0 and now, something like that, and the most valuable prospects uh, defeated Ray Barlow, Warriors Boxing, definitely top contender for a KO um, of the year as well. Welterweight division has been put on notice, notice, and he's rocketing up the ranking. Don't sleep on it or you'll regret it. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that came up. Right, that was good. Yeah, uh, and Donahue scored a, a first-round knockout, too. I mean, that was a nasty shot. That was a really nasty shot. Um, make sure. So, yeah, this weekend, you know, we have a pro box tonight, November 1st. Hard to believe it's November. Um, Palmata or Palmata and Boca Chica. I like that main event. I think that's good. I'm going to check it out later tonight. Uh, Golden Boy, actually, uh, Roberto Diaz, uh, retweeted this live from Costa Rica, Yocasta Valle versus Annabelle Ortiz, November 4th. That's a gold boy uh, card. I think it's, is it Strawweight? Yeah, unified Strawweights. Um, sounds like uh, Takuma anyway suffered a broken rib. This is J-Bro. J-Bro. Um, suffered a broken rib, and so his first uh, title defense against Ancajas. That's going to be postponed. That's a little sign. So there was this story about a fighter that had to go to the ER because the hair dye got into his eye and started affecting his vision. That's wild. I saw those pictures. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Wow, dude. That's intense. Um, Yeah, that's pretty scary. Hopefully that, that, you know, that person's going to be okay. I don't, I don't know if they ever did. Uh, I'm assuming they made a full recovery. I hope. Um, all right, let's talk about this weekend because, like I said, there's not a ton to get into per se. F.A. Ajagba returns against Joseph Good, Goodall, who's like the backup opponent type thing. Uh, he did early – what is that? In the summer, I believe. He did beat Stephen Shaw, knocked him out, TKO, I believe. Um, you know, he has like a, a loss and a draw against guys where you think, huh, this probably won't be that tough of a fight. Um, hopefully it's a good fight, though. It is a main event, so you'd like it to be a pretty tough fight. Um, then we have uh, Murtaya, Ramon Murtaya against uh, – Diego, well, his whole name, I think it's Nunez, but Diego Torres Nunez? Does he go off Torres or Nunez? Um, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he doesn't doesn't really have a lot to go off on his resume. Um, he's not like a ranked, I don't think he is ranked. Well, hold on, he probably is ranked somewhere. He's probably ranked somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, he, his last fight actually not that long ago, if I remember correctly. Let me look. Oh yeah, that's even, oh wow, I didn't realize it. 
oh wow, <laughs> that was that was like less than two months ago. This guy though, he um, Julio Barroza. Okay, so so the the guy he just beat in 2019 against Montoya Abraham um, Montoya, you know, was. Uh, he lasted nine rounds with them. I do remember that fight, actually, now I think about it. But they're just not I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to, like, find some positives about this opponent or whatever. Maybe he'll just kind of, you know, overachieved or whatever. But to me, this he's 18-0, 17 KOs. That's that's kind of what the the fight is. You know, it's kind of like, all right, let's, let's – it's an undefeated guy, you know, type thing. He should look pretty good, in my opinion. Now, you have Henry – LeBron as well. I think this is probably the the closest um, closest match fight. Uh, last year he beat Andy Venez, if I remember correctly. Um, I can't remember who his last opponent was. It was this summer, though. Let me look real quick. Carlos Ramos. Okay, so he's taken on William Foster the third who, you know, that Michelle Lopez fight um, very recently. That that was uh, his win there. Um, and he beat, you know, the biggest one, obviously, was uh, De Los Santos, um, William Foster the third. So I got William Foster the third in this one. But, you know, I, I Henley LeBron's a pretty good fighter. And so I, I think that's probably one of the closest fights. Actually, let's see what the odds are. I think that's a good fight. You know, that that seems like that's a good fight to me. Um, I'm sure it's pretty close. Uh, Angelo Leo, yeah, that's right. He's back in action. He should take care of business. But, yeah, look at that. I mean, that that uh, that main event tonight, uh, Pro Box, Palmano is like a, a plus 145, plus 150. That's tight. Those are really tight. Um. Okay, sorry. Where are the odds for this one? Not seeing any odds for it. Interesting. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I mean, so Henry LeBron is a on DraftKings is a plus one twenty. I mean, this, this is a good fight. Oh yeah, th- I thought I thought this was next weekend. Um, Makabu or Makabe. Makabu and uh, Noel Gavor. That's a tight fight, too. I thought that was next weekend. Interesting. Okay, so that maybe that fight will pop off as well now that I see it. I forgot about I, I could have sworn that was next weekend. Um, Javier Martinez, uh, Omar Rosario. So there's some, you know, undercard stuff to go along with that. But I'd probably say that Foster... William Foster and Henry LeBron is the best matchup, you know, off of that card. I think that's a pretty easy one. Joe Cordina is back as well. Um, you know, he's been on a really nice run of late. He's taken on Edward Vasquez, which, you know, Vasquez, not known for power, literally. I think he has like three or four knockouts uh, in, in 16 fights or something like that. Um he also beat that Lopez dude, now that I'm thinking about it, is one, like, he has, you know, whatever, decent wins, but his 
obviously that 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 fight with uh, Raymond Ford. He split decision in that fight. Um, you know, basically, like he has to be like one hundred percent focused on this dude, Joe Cortez. He cannot let up. He's got to, you know, he's got to stick to what he's trying to do, and that's win the fight and not look pretty doing it or something. He, I, 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 ha- I have to say that that Vasquez is a, a good, solid fighter. Um, a lot of people, like I said, look at his, his, that's his record, but yeah, three, it is three knockdowns or knockouts. So I get that, um, you know, that he doesn't have much punch power, but you know, I don't know, man, uh, you know, he's a good fighter and he, he better be ready for that dude. I think he's going to win. Don't get me wrong. He should be a clear, clear favorite and all that, you know, definitely. But that guy's not just a random dude. Let's put it that way. Um, all right, let's get to some current fight news, um, boxing Twitter stuff, uh, Canelo Munguia, Benavides Andre, and then we'll get out of here. Um, box, just kind of a mixture of everything. This is Paul Magno, Boxing Tribune, fight hype as well. People are getting carried away. Ngannou did not deliver a mask performance, and he wasn't robbed. Being generous to, to him, the fight was 96-93 for Fury, who actually should be ashamed of that lazy, sloppy performance. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine with me. Um, the Valdez Navarrete uh, almost got to 900000 with uh, as far as the gate. Uh, this is exposing boxing myths, um, you know, through the Department of uh, Department of Racing and Boxing and MMA audit report for Arizona. Ninety or nine thousand one hundred seventy four sold, so that that's a good gain. Andy Ruiz has revealed that he's undergone surgery for a minor setback, but is now back in the gym training. Two thousand twenty four is my year. This mother dude, <laughs> he's just always saying this, saying that is afraid that person is afraid. But by the way, I got I had to do the surgery. You know, like I mean it took him so long to fight Luis Ortiz. And ever since then like I get trying to get more money out of that Joshua scenario on the rematch, right? You were ultimately gonna have to have the rematch. Especially if you wanted to keep the the belts, but um in a contract, right? You had to do that, but um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Virgil Ortiz, it does sound like uh, Frederick Lawson and Virgil Ortiz will fight uh, at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas January 6, 2024. It'd be nice to see him come back. Hopefully that weight he can make. You know, some folks are like, dude, he should have done 160 just in case. But, you know, if you can't make 150 then you or 154, then you know, hey, you probably can't have your Hopefully it comes back and it's good, though. This is Jake Donovan. WBA has issued a show clause letter to the undisputed 130 Queen Alicia Baumgartner regarding the ongoing investigation from a positive drug drug test. The first significant significant action. Signification action? Oh, taken in the process. Michigan Commission has not offered a status update, so... Um, so here's a report in that fight with uh, Janabek that they paid Janabek 
got $400,000, but his opponent, Vincenzo, someone reported that it was 750000 to a million. Is that is that true? I don't know if that's true. Uh, anyway, many think is the, the pound for pound number one is taking on uh, Marlon uh, Topolis. This is uh, Tuesday. December 26th, ESPN Plus here in the States. So he's going to wrap that up. It sounds like Keyshawn Davis and Jose Pedraza uh, are going to fight uh, December 9th. Uh, that's going to be, you know, on that undercard of uh, Ramirez and Espinosa. That main event, though, like, I get it. They're probably going to have Inouye come up and fight Ramirez, uh, Rovisi Ramirez. But that Espinosa. Rafael Espinosa and Ramirez for the main event on the Heisman night. Not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of that at all. Here's Eddie Hearn on boxing team boxing scene. This is the, the headline for boxing scene, I should say. Eddie Hearn calls for reform in boxing. Broadcasters can't continue to pay more fights, uh, pay for money, you know, more fights that don't deliver. Fight purses are out of control, and they're not delivering the value that the price represents. Boxing rights are very expensive. When you get it right, boxing is a huge success and rates well, delivers pay-per-view events and arenas are full. Boxing as a business has to deliver more value to the broadcaster so they stay in the sport. That's what he said to IFL TV. Purses continue to increase and the advisors and managers continue to want easy fights that don't deliver. Uh, we are the weak ones because sometimes we let it happen. Um, and he goes on to say a bunch of stuff. You know, they want warm-up fights, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it, it, this is real rolling pin. Guy who paid Kevin Farmer millions, spent over $10 million to stage Garcia and Vargas, um, you know, and constantly asked Middle East for huge purses, wants to know who upset the market. I mean, it is pretty funny. Joe Abib says he doesn't apply the logic to himself, only other promoters. He's consistently trashing other promoters show, yet he's going to give us Joshua and maybe, uh, you know, a, a shitty performance or, or you know, a, a bad opponent in December um, or give us, you know, he just gave us Lenars and Catterell last week. He's basically full of shit. And, and I mean, that's the thing. Um, yeah, Vargas got $1.2 million to fight a Umberto, you know what I mean? $7 million Mikey Garcia. So, you know, I've said this plenty of times. We've all... We all said, including the person that was running uh, HBO at the time, for boxing anyway, said that, you know, BBC caused a, dis- a disturbance in the market, which they did. But if, if we can all agree on that, then you'd have to say zone did it way more even. I mean, way more for some of the shit they are paying for. So it is funny him pushing back now. You know, he's the one who, who made the guarantees go way up this last round, the last chunk of years anyway. Deontay Wilder training uh, trainer says the fighters have been, you know, turning down $4 million, uh for a, a payday. Uh, so basically, you know, they've been, they've been offering people good money um, and, you know, they would rather ask 15 or $20 million, um, You know, so he's having problems. You know, and that's the one thing that people don't realize, like, not everybody wants to walk in the ring with Wilder unless it's just a mega payday. But four million, if that's true, if that's true, 
Um, ESPN Mix, it says. <laughs> anyway, uh, Canelo Alvarez and Munguia reportedly possible for May, while Canelo versus David Benavides is being complimented, uh, contemplated for September. It's claimed that Munguia will join Canelo's list of the opponents if he, if he wins against John Ryder. That, that's what he said, right? Um, there was a report out that, uh, oh yeah, Canelo's next two fights in 2024 will be reported, or, or reportedly will be with Showtime pay-per-view. Despite them going out of business, Dan Raphael and I saw someone else, I can't remember at the same time, at this time, said that per Showtime spokesman, there are no plans for any Showtime pay-per-view event of any kind. Um, so, whatever. I mean, he did a deal with the PBC, I think, but I don't, I don't believe those, by the way. I don't, I don't believe those reports, but whatever. Now, the uh, undercard, we already knew Jamal Charlo was tuning up against Benavides Jr., so I really like Benavides Andre to the main event. Hector Luis Garcia and Lamont Roach is a damn good fight, and so is uh, Matias and Ergashev. That's going to be just all action. So it sounds like this is Keith Eidig. He said that PBC and Showtime tried to find Jared Ennis an opponent, but they weren't, they weren't able to do it uh, in time. So that's a good card, though. Three out of those four fights signed me up. By the way, Box Red and Gray, he had just received at the time, he had just received, this is a few days ago, received uh, an email from the commission in Texas that Keyshawn Davis for, uh, versus uh, Albright, Nair Albright, um, has been overturned uh, because he basically violated, he's placed on 90-day suspension for a rules violation. It sounds like marijuana, and I don't usually use that term. Boog Williams, so we'll get to see all four champs within a month span at 130. Uh, Cordinia, Navarrete, Garcia, and Shockey. Two of those four are not great fights, but you never know. Maybe that's just on paper. You know, maybe, maybe. Um, this is Fred. Never forget in 2018, Eddie Hearn proclaimed that he was in charge of an eight-year plan for the zone that was spending $125 million in the U.S. alone. Now he's talking about how people can't take advantage of broadcasters. The guy got rich for selling his own shit fights. Um, oh, we do have an ESPN price, price uh, increase notification. It launched in 2018 at $499. It is now $1099, a 10% increase off of the last one of five years, it's gone up 120%. So, um, I think I'm going to get out of here on that note. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here on that note. Um, you know, like I said, some of these undercard fights might be the ones that pay off for the weekend. Definitely keep an eye on them. Like I said, Pro Box tonight looks like a solid main event. Um, and sometimes those cards have popped off. Anyway, we'll be back next Tuesday. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have to get the hand. So now, when, if you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of the bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. That will show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.